0: Alright, it's Podcast Wednesday, Backlash Podcast. It might be Thursday in your world, it might even be Friday, I don't know. It depends on what day you listen to this episode. But anyways, it's been a little while since uh, me, Jeff from Team Rhino Outdoors, Brad Hoppy from Muskie Mayhem Tackle, it's been a little while since we've actually got together and talked. I mean, the last time we actually sat down and recorded an episode, uh, the weather was a whole lot different. Well, actually, I shouldn't say that, because in the Midwest, the weather's starting to warm up now, even though we're getting into late September. But when we were talking last time, the weather, I guess, was the same, and then we saw a major shift into cold weather, and um, muskie seemed to like that, and then now we're starting to warm up. So we're going to talk a little bit about that with Brad, and we also have Donnie Manns on, too. We're going to probably just talk for, I don't know, half hour, 45 minutes, whatever it takes for us to get through this episode. But I apologize for the shortness of this episode, and quite honestly, I have a feeling that next week's episode is going to be much the same. Brad's pretty busy with guiding. He's really busy with selling fishing lures. We're busy with selling fishing lures. As, you know, the listeners know, I also still have an electrical contracting business, and of course, I said yes to too many jobs, and they're kind of all coming together right now, and so I've had the tool belt on way too much. I've had very little time to be on the water, although I did have a a period here where I did get some reasonable amount of time on the water, and we'll talk about that. But so, uh, anyways, Brad, Hey, um, uh, it's, uh, good to talk to you again. Cause man, it's been a little while. Like I said, we're now it's the 21st of September. I think it's probably been, I don't know, 20 days since we recorded something, I'm guessing. Is that right? Sound about right?
1: Yeah, it probably is Jeff. You know, I mean, we, I guess we did a good job planning for this busy time, but maybe not, uh, quite far enough out, but, uh, that's good, though. I mean, we need we need to retouch base and kind of talk about what's been taking place. Yeah, I don't even know if we had a couple texts in between there in the last 20 days. I know you've been busy. So Well we're not uh, not unlike that as well. And I don't know. It's been a kind of an interesting September. We should probably just shift into that.
0: We should, but we should also talk a little bit about, about some of the busyness as far as the baits are concerned. So on one of the previous episodes, we talked about that. We talked about the seven nine trigger. That's the new bait that you guys have out for uh, a fall release. We'll call it a fall late late summer fall release. And at the time, nobody really knew. You know, when we when we kind of talked about it, the details were sort of vague. Like we didn't know which retailers were going to have it. We didn't know if you would have it on your website. And so, for the listeners that are talking or li- or the listeners, if you are looking to get in touch with this new bait from Musky Mayhem Tackle, which I've seen through, you know, pictures of, because we'll back up a second. So when I was up fishing earlier September, I had just got one because we had just got him in from Brad and Carrie. I was up fishing with uh, Steve Jensen, uh, Fish Hunt's Guide Service. I threw one in his boat because that's what happens when I go fishing with him. We play around with something, we test it out, see what we think of it, and then Steve always ends up stealing it. Well, then, since he stole it from me, which was, you know, two weeks ago, probably, roughly, he's probably put six, seven, eight fish in the boat on it, and, of course, he had to have more. So, uh, apparently, the bait's catching fish. Is that, does that sound right, Brad? Yeah, you know, the proof's in
1: the pudding, and, and we've, we caught fish before we release it, obviously. I mean, that's one thing that we've always done. When it comes to new products for us, we test things for a long period of time, and the reason we do that, we definitely want a quality bait when it goes out to the public. In um, the last couple of weeks, it has been on fire. And i have got a ton of video footage with it. And it, it's just a it's a really cool bait, that's for sure.
0: Without a doubt. So for anybody looking to get get their hands on a seven nine trigger, you can find them with TeamRhinoOutdoors.com. You can find them on MuskyMayhemTackle.com. I think Musky Mayhem Tackle will even let you build your own custom one right there. If not, if you don't want to go through the process of that, we have custom ones on our website, and we're going to even add a couple more colors to it, too. I know there's other retailers out there that you can find them at, too. If there's a particular retailer that's not Team Rhino Doors that you shop at, I'm almost going to be guaranteeing they have them. Uh, I shouldn't say that. I would imagine they would have them, but and if they don't, they will. But uh, anyways, so, Brad, it's been a little while. Let's kind of back this up. September started off uh, like September would. It was, you know, gradual cool down. And then in the Midwest, it kind of went from gradual cool down to very fast cool down. And then now it seems as though we're going to be on a warming trend based off of what I can tell for at least a week. But um, what did you find during that cooling, that major cold front i mean i think it probably dropped water temperatures for you guys as it did over here probably i don't know 10 15 degrees i'm guessing relatively quick is that right
1: yeah i can just tell you this jeff you know i felt like i was in shorts one day and the next day i go out fishing and i wore shorts again and i was uh pretty mad at myself that i didn't have any more than a rain gear (laughs) i froze my butt off that first day of the cold front it was I believe 37 degrees in the morning, and I thought, ah, the weatherman's going to be wrong. It's still going to warm up to, you know, 50, 60, and it really didn't. I mean, I think it maybe touched 47 degrees after our first initial cold front. I really was really pumped about how this cold front was coming, and honestly, it kind of shut down our fish a little bit for a few days. It was drastic. It was really, really drastic. Our water temps dropped, like you said, 10 to 15 degrees exactly how much it dropped I can't remember for sure but you know we were in 72 73 degree water and boom I think it was down to like 63 in like a two-day period it was pretty severe and that severe cold front kind of shut our bite down a little bit but they bounced back quickly
0: yes but then now from what I understand from what I've talked to people is you might have a different story is it seems like now in that last week or so the weather has kind of stabilized and in some cases the water temperatures are actually coming up and that seems to have kind of turned the bite off a little bit. Did you see, are you seeing the same thing over there in Minnesota?
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, I've been out on the water um, almost every day. Uh, unfortunately I haven't been out for long periods at a time, but my buddies are out there actually Donnie's sitting right here next to me and he could share. He's been on the water every day. We did some filming both with Donnie and with, uh, matt Seifert in the last week some stuff that you'll probably see on youtube here sometime this winter but you know it it was really strange jeff we've seen kind of an every other day bite and it was like the muskies were feeding feeding and then the next day they were just "Eh, i don't know but we still managed to squeak out a fish you know pretty much every day the next day it would be three or four fish so it's been okay um, but I agree with you. You know, it, it always makes me nervous when you start seeing that, you know, the air temp climb, climb, climb. And I mean, it was actually hot today. We were in a t-shirt and shorts.
2: Yeah, it was hot out there.
1: We were cooking. <laughs> so yeah. no wind today. Um, We did have some severe wind the last couple of days. But yeah, it's, it's crazy. The water temp shot up a few degrees today already on the surface.
0: Yeah, and I suspect that's going to continue because I know in my area, And I think even up in the northern part of Wisconsin, we're, I mean, they're talking upper 70s, which for this time of year can be a little, I mean, I I don't know how you personally feel about it, but I'm not a big fan of warming trends when the water should be cooling. If the, you know, when the water starts going down, I want it to just slowly go down. I don't want it to start to climb at all. It seems like that can kind of throw the bite off a little bit, but I, it does seem like guys are still managing to scratch out some fish. So that's that's the plus side, which I think, didn't you guys scratch one out today too?
1: Yeah, we sure did. You know, it, it's kind of crazy. We didn't get to fish a full day today. We've been busy in the shop, so my time has been a little bit limited. But we we got out there. It was Matt Siefert and uh, Donnie Mans was with. And basically, I don't know, we, we fished six hours or so. Yeah. Yeah. that. But one of the things that we did notice, I mean we seen fish shallow right away. And they really were just kind of stagnant. They
2: didn't want to move. Yeah, it's like they're just up there hanging out and we caught we caught fish up in the shallows last week and I mean those fish were chasing hard. They were they were up there eating and it seemed like today after the warm up those fish, you know, they're just up there hanging out and we found that they're well, while we got our fish was out on the break, they must have been moving out to the break to eat. So it's, it's crazy how it can change you know
1: and rapidly you know that's the other part about this i think you know we get hung up on things and i'd say honestly donnie i think we were hung up today we we stuck it out in the shallow because we seen fish right away but guess what those weren't the ones that were eating they weren't they weren't eating up there yeah once we split out we got a fish and then uh matt had to get on the road so here we are at home podcasting.
2: Yeah, we kind of figured it out in the last spot, unfortunately, today, but we managed
0: one, so uh, still good. Well, it's kind of funny you talk about shallow and then you talk about deep. So I had somebody, I don't remember if it was a YouTube comment, a Facebook message, or whatever. Somebody's looking for some advice on, on where to check out, you know, uh, where to go musky fishing. I would say maybe it's either this coming weekend or sometime soon. And I'm like, well, I don't mean to be real vague, but you're probably going to have to check both because – at this point in the season, and especially with the way the water temperatures went, I mean, there literally can be fish kind of scattered now between, you know, because we didn't get that real gradual cool down, that real gradual or that real gradual cool down. We got a really sharp cool down. Seems like those fish have kind of, like you said, there's yeah. some up shadow, shallow and there's definitely some out deep yet. So, you know, if you're if you're going out musky fishing, I would say this, you know, this weekend, this this episode will come out on Wednesday, the 23rd. So if you're coming out here in the last weekend of September, definitely be checking both areas.
1: Yeah. Hands down, Jeff. You you know, they're muskies and they do musky things. Right. So when you think you got them figured out, they're going to change your mind. And that's part of the gig.
0: Well, I've also had guys asking me, they're like, well, do you think the water temperatures have dropped too cool for them to be eating blades? And I'm like, you know, if they're in, if they're in accessible places where blades, you know, if they're not in super deep water down real far and the, you know, blades are still a tactic that you can run over them. I mean, and it puts the bait in their strike zone. Blades will still certainly work. I mean, you've talked stories on the podcast now before about, you know, blades working well into October. So, you know, definitely don't put the blades away. If you're up shallow looking for muskies, I mean, they'll still chase a blade down right now.
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting, Jeff. I mean, September is usually blades and topwater. The topwater bite hasn't been, like, on fire by any means, which last year, man, I, it was crazy. You could, you had to have somebody on topwater every day, and it just really hasn't happened this year. Um, all of our fish, I think, I don't even know how many fish we caught in the last five to six days, but somewhere around 10, I, I would think. Yeah, something like 10, been, 10, yeah. Yeah. Um, 10 fish in the last five, six days. And every one of them have come on blades. So we had a couple blow ups on top water, but they just didn't actually get the deal done. For the most part, it's been all on the trigger. And then the second bait that we've really done good on is a new bait that uh, nobody even knows about yet. We did the early release on the trigger. We have another one in our pocket. And I don't know exactly when we're going to let that one fly, but, uh, it's coming soon.
2: It's
0: awesome. Well, that's, I mean, that's what Brad was telling me prior to, uh, recording this. He was telling me how awesome it is. So I'm anxious to give that one a, a look too. I was, I was intrigued by the trigger. I thought it was a cool bait. So, and, uh, obviously I didn't, I didn't personally catch any muskies on it. Cause I don't know when I was out fishing Labor Day weekend, I got out for quite a bit. So I went up with Steve for two days. Of course, in typical new boat fashion, we had to cut one day short because it seems like whenever you get a new boat, something's going haywire or whatever on it. Not necessarily haywire, but it's more of you had three idiots in the boat and none of us knew how to properly work the Altero after it. Like, I guess on the newer ones, they're still deployed. So it's set kind of tight so it, wants to, it doesn't want to come up or when it comes up, it wants to air or something and there's an easy reset, but none of us knew how to fix it. Steve was like, I got to get off the water because I need to know how to operate this thing because if I don't... I'm going to lose guide trips, and I'm booked every day for the month of September. So I we fished the first day, and blades weren't the ticket. I think uh, Steve got, what did Steve get one on? I'm trying to think what the heck it was. I can't remember what Steve got one on. I have to look back at the video footage. Uh, Hellhound, I think, actually, a glide bait. And then I was throwing blades for most of the day. I couldn't move one on a blade, so I switched out to a suik, and, of course, I caught one, and then I got another one that day. So we had three in the boat one day all on jerk baits and then um when i went over to the northern wisconsin area by my you know i was I, I didn't have a guide i had to be the guide and we ended up getting two losing another one on jerk baits and of course that if anybody remembers labor day in northern wisconsin it was super windy that was probably it reminded me of miltona days brad it was that bad there's no
1: wind over here
0: Jeff. no none. <laughs>
1: now, it's been crazy. You know, the wind has been kind of a factor today. It was dead calm. But, uh you, you know, one of the things that we should talk about, too, is that speed can really become a big factor. And when we have this initial cold front, I mean, where the water temps drop that hard, sometimes speed is the only thing that's going to trigger a fish. So, we've been burning a bunch of baits, but we slowed things down now that the warm up kind of happened today. And slow actually caught us our fish. So, We've seen a bunch of fish going fast, but slow caught of fish. So you got to really think about that when you're out there on the water. Hey, uh, You know, one other thing that I'd really like to talk about, too, Jeff, when we're talking about this new trigger bait that we have, there's been a lot of people wondering why there's a bend in the wire. And I plan on doing a little video about that. But the reason that we have that bend, the slight bend, is 45 degrees or so on the top of the wire where you attach to your leader, is simply just to make it so that it's a keel. And the reason that that bends in there is it keels the bait so that the blade doesn't spin over itself. And that's something that everybody can do out there with any blade bait. I don't care what kind it is. If that blade bait is rolling over itself, spinning in a circle, just put a slight bend in that wire and then
2: that takes care of the problem. So you get a that, lot, lot better action out of the bait too. It really does what it's supposed to be doing. Right. It's, it, just one of them tricks
1: that people do i don't know there's been a lot of question about it so it was a good time to maybe say it
0: well and brad speaking of tricks i know we kind of touched on a little bit so i would imagine obviously people down in illinois they you know we're very familiar with northern wisconsin and we're very familiar with northern minnesota as far as the weather and and what have you for people that are experiencing a warm-up during what should be typically a cool down because i think you're going to be dealing with warm-ups also all all week what's uh what do you got to offer people up for trying to help put more fish in the boat this weekend?
1: Well, you know, you, you said that guys are, are sending in questions and what have you, you know, are blades still going to work? Absolutely. Um, September is a blade month for sure. I mean, blazer is probably the most adaptive bait there is. Right. I would definitely throw blades, but I would also think about where you are and what you're doing when you have that first initial cool down you definitely were going to want to put a little bit of speed on them and actually burn them. And when it's cooling down, you're going to definitely want to look a little bit shallower. And the reason you do that is primarily because that shallower water is going to warm up quicker in the sunlight, okay? So the second part to that is now we have this gradual warm-up, which I guess I shouldn't say gradual. I mean, it it shot the water temp up two to three degrees today. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, those fish are like, what is going on? Yeah.
2: And- put them in a funk again right
1: they're they're right back in a funk, yeah. and we've seen it today yeah I mean, we had yeah. some chasers
2: and we thought okay we got to stick it out shallow but guess what but they weren't they weren't hot on it you know burning a buck and they weren't hot so I, I mean i think you have to read that fish and just see what they're doing that day and you know, we finally figured it out slow down and they you know, shoot it halfway back to the boat you know there was no follow at all and then we moved some more fish going slow after that for sure as soon as we slowed things down on the deeper break bang that fish came
1: unfortunately 10 minutes later we had to leave yeah exactly (laughs) so we didn't get to test everything yet you know donnie and i will be back out tomorrow and uh hopefully
2: we've learned enough today that we can put it in action tomorrow and who knows tomorrow they might want it fast you you really don't know until you get out there and see that fish and how it comes in and what it what it wants
0: Well, since you're fresh off the water, Brad, how long? You said you gave it roughly, what, a couple hours or so burning it in in the shallows before you guys made a change? Is that what you did?
1: Yeah, I'd say we fished, I don't know, somewhere around five hours, give or take, plus or minus. So we spent the majority of our time, We, you know, Matt's like, I got one more spot and we need to roll. And I'm like, all right, here's the deal. I think we should try this last spot right here. Let's go out on the deep weed line and let's see what happens. And let's see, we had a follow and we got uh, one fish, so that was good. I think uh, Donnie had one come in pretty hot to the boat, and then it just kind of got sluggish and,
2: and pulled off of his eight. Yeah, it was it was still lazy. I mean, that fish is still in a kind of in a funk or whatever. But it you know came up to the boat. It actually followed the bait. And I think if I would have been burning a bucktail, you know, there's no way that fish would have even came up to the boat. So,
1: and then, and then Matt put one in the boat and it ate, man, on three quarters of his cast, I'm guessing, you know, three, five turns of the handle and bang, it ate. So, you know, and that was a slow presentation on the deeper break line. So things to think about, you know, in the next five days, it's supposed to be up in the upper mid, mid to upper seventies. So it isn't going to change before the
2: weekend, that's for sure.
0: No, I don't, I anticipate whatever the pattern is going on right now uh, is going to, it's going to hold out for at least a little while. I saw, you know, at least nice weather through the weekend. It looked like maybe the early part of next week, it starts to cool down a little bit, which may be a good thing for me. I'm, I'm supposed to be going fishing a week from today up in Northern Wisconsin for just a one day trip. So hopefully that works out. I mean, the the last few times I've been out on the water, the fishing's actually been pretty decent. I haven't been out for the last couple of weeks, though, not since Labor Day. I don't know even know what's going on with the water, because like I said, um, you know, kids back in school busy with this, kids in sports, it's just been one thing after another. I think selling, you know, the bait business has been the toughest out of all of them. It's just been, it's been busy. I can't believe it. I mean, we thank everybody for all the support they've given us this year, not to get off topic, but. I know Brad Brad and Carrie feel the same way too. It's just been uh it's been crazy. And uh, we thank you all for keeping us busy. It's been awesome.
1: Absolutely, Jeff. Yeah, without without our customer base, we couldn't do what we're doing.
0: Right. But that's why, you know, you're supposed to be in the fishing industry. You know, that's why you that's why you work in the fishing fishing industry because you get to go fishing all the time. But <laughs> quite honestly, I got to fish a lot more before I started doing this.
1: Yeah, I remember one time I had a guy warn me. He said,
0: make sure you don't make that
1: bait business too big or you won't be on the water. And there's a lot of truth to that. It takes over your world. If you want to do this business right, it's going to take over your world. And, you know, honestly, um, me wanting to go fish, I'm always ready to go fish. But our customers come first, that's for sure. And I, I think it's very important that we ship in a timely fashion whether it be to a, a retailer or to a customer direct. And I, I don't know. I take a lot of pride in that. I take a lot of pride in quality. And in my opinion, quality and delivery are the number two, one and two of success in this business.
0: Yeah, I can't disagree with you. That's why whatever time it is we're podcasting at, it's actually an early podcast for you and I, Brad. It's only 830 and so but i gotta after we get off this podcast i get to go spend the rest of the evening in the shop putting orders out because guys are going to want their stuff for the weekend they're going to want to get out and catch muskies and and hopefully uh they accomplish that so um moving along into you got any other stories you want to talk about for the last you know week or two or you want you got anything you want to talk about as far as uh tips to help guys put more fish in the boat this this uh i don't know either go late fall or even this weekend, since we kind of know what we're up against Donnie, you got anything to offer up that way too?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, the biggest thing is time on the water. Keep casting. You know, it'll it'll happen. Right, and but I mean, going on, I'm. I think I'm on uh, fourteen days now, fishing every day, and and it, it you know we've had the days where we you know don't catch a fish, and it's just you know, it, those days kind of suck, but that's musty fish and that's why we musky fish and then the next day we catch four so it, you know if you put your time in i mean it'll happen have a good bait on your rod it'll happen yeah it's, it's amazing i mean we've talked about this numerous times time on the
1: water is definitely the key but making the best use of that time on the water is also part of that key just like i said about today you know here we are we've had this really cool bite in the shallow and oh now we got fish in the shallow again today, the the but they weren't eating. You know, we probably waited too long today Don, Yeah, for to sure. to make that change. And so I, I'm, I'm just going to warn everybody. I think if you're going out on the water this coming weekend, which I believe this airs this Wednesday, correct, Jeff?
0: Correct. Yeah, we're about as up to date as we can be right now.
1: Right. So, I mean, if you think about it, they're going to be out there two, three days later from when they listen to this. I would tell them, make sure that you don't get stuck in a rut make yeah. sure i mean you, you got to go out there you got to try speed you got to try slow and hopefully there's more than one person in the boat you can do
2: that effectively and don't get caught in that rut yeah you don't know? don't be afraid to switch it up you know that's uh that's the biggest thing you know you might you might have all the all the follows in the world but none of them eat well you're, you got to do something different and you know don't get stuck on those fish that's for
0: sure. Well, I'm glad you brought up the slow and the fast and changing things up, Brad, because that's what that would, that would have been my tip for coming up this weekend is if you have two people in the boat, I would definitely be throwing two different presentations, and I, I still would check shallow. I know that you guys have had more success on the break, but that, personally, I would still check it, and and I'm sure that you guys will continue to check it off and on just to see you know, if anything hasn't changed in there because much like you saw that bite develop on on the outside weed edge today, it could develop the opposite way, you know, coming up later on this weekend too. So I would still be checking both, both spots. And like you said, just kind of bounce around between shallow and deep and make sure you got two different baits in the water. And until, you know, you develop a pattern I'll go back to when I was fishing with Steve, I mean, I was running a bucktail, he was running a glider. Well, he kept having all the action on the glider. I think in, you know, one pass he had three fish eat on the glider. He got one of them in the net. Well, then as we continued on that day, I kept throwing a bucktail. He kept throwing glide bait. He kept seeing fish. I wasn't. So finally I was like, okay, I've seen enough fish on your glide bait to change up to a jerk bait. And then, so that's when I made a change and we started catching fish. So, or I started to catch fish, he was already having pl- plenty of action. So some days, you know, like you said, you just got to keep poking around. And if a pattern definitely develops then make sure both people switch over to that pattern. Yeah,
1: you know, the one thing, too, about that, Jeff, is that, uh, you know, we can sit here and talk and talk and talk. Mother Nature's going to have its own plan. The one thing that I will warn you about, okay, we've seen fish shallow today, and that window wasn't open for those fish to eat. And I don't know if it will open, you know, but just because you're seeing fish doesn't mean you're in the right spot. And so, you know, Donnie and I were just talking here a second ago about if they're not eating, go find the fish that is eating, and that might mean a depth change. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It might mean a speed change.
2: Yeah, yeah. Me and me and Matt's biggest deal this past uh, past week has been, you know, one of us is going fast, one of us is going slow with bucktails, and you know, some some days they're chasing it, they're hot. You know, we see those fish are hot, and you know, you stop even even in a day they'll they'll change. You know, you can you know, see three, four fish in the morning, they come in super hot, you catch a couple of them in the eight, and then, it's like, oh, we're still burning bucktails, not seeing fish. Well, slow down. One of us will slow down, one of us will keep burning, and then it's like, oh, okay, now now they're coming in on a, you know, slow bait or whatever, and it's, it's not necessarily that you need a, a glide bait, but that's the same idea of, you know, a slower bucktail, a slower bait, slower presentation.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, so... Uh, Brad, we kind of talked about a little bit about you know tips to kind of help people put fish in the boat this weekend. Let's talk a little bit about fish handling because I know it seems to be kind of like a hot topic on social media. I've seen stuff about uh, fish handling and how to go about this. You know, personally, I think we're all at different spots in our musky fishing journey, so it's not up to me to decide. You know, if somebody wants to measure a 36-inch musky, I don't measure them, but That's my own decision. I've handled lots of 36 inch muskies. So at this point, I don't need to measure them. For the guy that's measuring a 36 inch muskie, that might be his first muskie that he's ever caught. It might be his biggest muskie that he's ever caught. And he wants to measure it. And if you do that right, and you do this process right, I don't think that you should chastise guys for what they want to do. And obviously, this is going to be kind of like a hot button topic, because I know you have guys on both sides of the fence. But Brad, you can do this successfully, safely to the muskie and get them back in the water without this, without killing every single one that you touch. Why don't you talk a little bit about it?
1: You know, it's amazing, Jeff, to me because uh, number one, the sport's supposed to be fun. And, and for some people, measuring that fish is part of that fun. And I think that it's really reasonable and really easy to actually do. And actually, Jeff, I, I think we've talked about this in a podcast before. I did a video, I don't know how many years ago, but it's on our YouTube channel on the Musty Mayhem Tackle YouTube channel, and you can look it up, and I don't remember the exact amount of time that that fish is in my bag, it's lifted out, I go, this is where you take pictures, this is where you measure it, and it's back in the water, and if I remember right, it's around 20, 24 seconds, that fish was from the bag, pictures, measured, and back in the water, so think about that. I look at it this way. I mean, think about the average human, how long they could hold their breath, right? Uh, that fish is holding its breath when it's not in the water, people. I mean, that's the one thing that you got to think about. So there's other sides to this too, Jeff, where, man, this thing was hooked really bad. Maybe we should unpin it and we should just let it go and not measure it. There's times when I do that because I think the fish is the resource, the most valuable part of this whole deal. So... Without taking care of the resource, we're, I want fish for tomorrow. You know what I mean? It's great to have a great day. But let's try to make sure our resource stays out there for the rest of the people behind us, you know. What it's really about, I do truly believe that putting a fish in a bag is, is a good idea. And the reason I believe that is because it's just less likely to give you a problem, meaning handling the fish whether you're trying to unpin it or you're trying to grab it or anything else, putting it in the bag is the smarter way to go. And then you make that process as quick as possible. And sometimes that's a needle nose pliers, long handles, maybe it's partly using the nippet, you know, you got to cut some hooks now and then, and that's important for the fish's success. So but proper tools are a huge deal. Go ahead, Donnie.
2: If that, you know, if you're trying to unhook that fish next to the boat and, and you know, you don't put it in the bag and you have to cut hooks or, or whatever. You maybe cut a hook and then the fish slips and there it goes and still got a hook in its face. That's that's terrible. You don't you don't want that. I don't I so agree with that. No, and absolutely. and I think that and I think a fish in the you know, once they're in the bag and the hooks are out, they, they're they're already recovering from the fight while they're in the bag. It's not it's not more stressful on them for them to be in the net. Yeah, it's a live well, if you will. Yeah, exactly. In the lake with the, you know, the water that they're actually living. In. I kind of went on a ramp there, Jeff.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it's kind of one of those topics that, like I said, it's sort of a hot button topic. Partially, I bring it up too, because I've seen some of our comments on our YouTube videos and some of our stuff we get, they're like, oh, you, I can't believe you bumped those fish. That's all ego. And some of it for us is I fish with a lot of guides and a lot of those guides, they have the, the readers and they do a lot of pit tagging. We've shown that in a bunch of our videos. So for somebody to just say like, I can't believe you bump those fish, they don't always know what's behind it either. You know, like the, the fact that we're trying to get accurate measurements on these fish so we can do some pit tagging, we can do some studies. But if you, and when I, when I catch a fish over 40 inches, I've put them on bump boards, you know, I've done that. Like, I, I, does that make me a bad musky angler? I don't know. Like, those are things that I just don't, it's, it's weird because in the musky world, there's like, it just seems like we can't all get along. And, and I, I think that's weird. Like, I'm sure they I'm sure in other fishing worlds, that's the same thing, but I don't know. Like, I just have a hard time with telling, X, Y, Z angler that you can't measure that muskie. I don't think that you're doing that right. I think this, instead of like just trying to promote safe handling of the fish, like I don't want the boat, I don't want the fish flopping around in the bottom of the boat. But again, like I said, if that's the first muskie that the guy's ever caught, I'm not going to chastise him for putting it in a bump board. I'm just not, it just, I just can't get, I can't get on board with that. And it just seems like I see more and more of it these days. And it's sort of, I don't know, one of those topics that was in my head, I wanted to touch base on it so we could talk a little bit about safe handling and you know if you're using a bump board which i i'm personally i'm fine with the bump board just dip it in the water get it wet if it's not 90 degrees out that's helpful too if you want to the other option you could do is if you have a musky bumper bump board they float i mean lay it in the water and and get a measurement that way too if you want to get a measurement that's just something those are all tips to help you know help do it i'm not going to yell at people for using bump boards and i've seen more of it. And I'm just, I don't know. I have a difficult time with it.
2: I've got a, I've got a little story here. I'll share it quick. Um, so we don't, you know, generally measure fish, I would say under 45 inches, unless it's in a tournament or something or, or whatever. We had a fish, uh, my brother caught a couple of years ago up North and it was really cool fish. It had a, an owl, like it looked like an owl in its print in its back. And we'd named the fish hootie. And anyways, this year, uh, a guy that was in my brother's boat caught the same fish. Well, that was, it was only a, you know, 36, 38 inch fish when he caught it two years ago, but we don't know how big that fish was. We don't know how big that fish grew in the last two years. And that would be really awesome information to know that. And we've caught other duplicates in this lake and, and, you know, some over 50 inches and they only grew a, a quarter inch in an entire year. So, you know there's there's definitely positive things coming with bumping fish and knowing actually what that fish length is
1: but I, that's it it's really interesting i've seen that picture of those fish, Jeff, and what we should do is it was donnie's permission let's put them on the backlash uh pod or the backlash podcast instagram that's, that's kind of a mouthful to say but um uh, <laughs> It would be cool to have him share those two pictures because it, it's really cool. It does look; it looks just like an owl. Yeah, it, it's
2: super
0: cool.
1: So, well,
0: you have, have to get Carrie to put that up there. But yeah, yeah we, go ahead, Brad.
1: Sure yeah, well, we could sure do that. You know, the thing is, Jeff. Number one, it's supposed to be fun, and I, I think that we all create this tension. And one of the things that I, I really, really am concerned about. Not only in mucky fishing, but in all fishing and all hunting and I, I think I talked about this last night with a group of guys that was here at my at my house. But you know, one of the problems that we have in the sports of both hunting and fishing is we have a lot of bickering. And in the meantime, the antis are actually winning. And what I'm talking about is I think it's easier maybe to describe in the hunting world. You have your archers, okay? one guy is traditional one guy is using a compound then you have your your gun hunters okay you've got your shotgun you got your rifle hunters then you've got your long distance rifle hunters okay in in the midst of all those guys they will argue and argue and argue well you can't do that that's bad that's that's unethical that's that whatever then in the in the fishing world You'll have guys that are anti-sucker fishermen. You'll have guys that are anti-this or that. They don't like walleyes or they don't like pike. And the problem is, is that we're battling ourselves within people and we're supposed to be sportsmen. And I think if we could all unite as sportsmen, we would be better off, whether it be hunting or fishing, if we work together and respect each other I think we could be way further along than what we
2: are today. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, but even, you know, like I, I will talk about the further along than we are today, but still even even now with the way, with all the education that's been done on muskie handling and fish handling and uh, quick strike rigs and all that stuff, I mean, I, I don't think anybody can disagree that the muskie populations are far better than what they ever were, even with even with all the you know, we'll use air quotes, mishandling that we see, we're still way farther ahead than when they were bashing him on the head and shooting him with guns. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, I, I don't know, maybe that was far-fetched, but I all we're, all we're saying is, you know, we should respect one another and, you know, what's good for one guy isn't the same for the other guy. And I think we just, you know, at some times of the year, if the wa- water temperatures are warmer, you know, certainly it, we always need to consider what's in the best interest of the fish, and I just, I don't know, I, I, when we, when we get on a soapbox and rant on certain things with the musky world, it sometimes just drives me nuts. Like, like you said, Brad, it's supposed to be fun. And I think some of this stuff just takes the fun out of it, especially if they're new anglers to the sport. They're like, these guys can't get along with each other. Why do I want to be part of this group? And that, that part I just don't like.
2: Yeah, for sure. There's, you know, people that, you know, their they're first time musky fishing, they, they caught a fish. And someone comes over and tell them how wrong they did it, how, how, you know, how bad of people they are and, and it, it could absolutely burn them and they could never fish for us again. And that's, that's the worst case scenario. That's not what we want, you know, instead of, you know, being mean about it or, or whatever educate them if they need to be educated, but do it nicely, you know, supportive. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yep. And
0: I agree. Well I guess that was our little bit of a rant for this episode. If uh I'm sure there's gonna be people that will disagree with us, which is fine. We can we can agree to disagree and we can have civil conversations. I just hope that we can all respect the fish enough to do whatever you can to minimize handling while still enjoying your experience on the water. That's really what it's all about. That's why we do it. If you know, if we're if, if we don't want to ever kill a muskie, the best way to never kill a muskie is to never fish for them. But that's, that ruins the, the sport part of it for us too. So we're just trying to, you know, point out a few things, try to get guys to be mindful to get their fish back in the water as quick as they can. And if you want to take a measurement of it, that just do it as quickly as you can. And, and, uh, you know, like I said, make sure you take the proper precautions. And like I said, not everybody's going to agree with us and, and that's fine. You know, you know, we can, we can handle that, that disagreement, but anyways.
1: Yeah, I think you're exactly right, Jeff. I mean, a timely fashion, the safety of the fish is number one. I think we can all agree upon that. And, uh, you know, sometimes I get, I get pretty passionate about the sport. And so my little rant can go a certain direction, but you know, at the end of the day, we're all passionate about fishing. We're all passionate about the muskie. And, uh, Their safety and their health is most important. And so I I think everybody out there is ready to do what they're supposed to do. You know, they all want to take care of the fish. And for the most part, I think that's what's happening. I mean, if it isn't, hey, you know, help the guy out. Help him find that direction. So I think we're really good, Jeff. I mean, all in all, I'm, I'm super impressed. I can tell you this. When the water temps got warm up here in Minnesota earlier this year, guys quit fishing. And I would say 15
2: years ago, I didn't see that happening. This year more than anything
1: guys quit fishing. It was impressive. Yeah. So I really do believe in the people that fish muskies and I, I believe that
2: they are doing the right thing. Yeah. I think we're on the, I think we're on the right track. You know, it can, it can really be great again. I
0: would, I would certainly agree with you guys. I think we are still on the right track and you know, like I said, I don't, I don't want to go down that, that road anymore. We, we made our point. I, uh, you know, like much like you guys reiterated it's about the safety of the fish. We're all passionate about the fish. If we were, we wouldn't be making podcasts. We wouldn't be doing YouTube videos. You wouldn't be listening to the podcast. You know, we're all, you know, this, this is for a lot of us. This is, uh, this fish is probably maybe a more important part of our life than what it really should be. But, uh, anyways, unless you guys have anything to add to this episode, I would say, uh you know, this is it for, I don't know what episode this is, 70-something, whatever. I um, I thank Brad and Donnie for taking a little bit of time out of their schedule to talk muskies with us, even though this is a shortened a shortened um, podcast. I would anticipate next podcast will be also because I got it between now and the time that one's released. I'm not exactly sure when I have time to even record one yet. We'll We'll get it done. We always do. We're just going to have to figure that one out. But uh, until then, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for putting up with our rant this time. And hopefully you guys put a few fish in the boat this uh, this weekend. So thank you.
1: Thank you, Jeff. It was fun. We'll do it again. Yeah, thanks,
0: Jeff. You guys have a good night. You too.